You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Tuesday, November 17th. Hey there. Hope everybody's doing well. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Jumping right in today because I got a bunch of stuff to get to. The NBA offseason has begun, which for a lot of us is more exciting than the actual regular season. So a bunch to run down there. We have day two of Giant fans being so giddy after wins against the Washington football team and uh, the Eagles. They are so giddy, so drunk on the success of those wins that apparently they don't have a real problem with Dave Gettleman returning. I can't believe what I'm hearing. It's amazing how quickly things have turned around there, three and seven. So uh, we might touch on that today. Plus, of course, the Regal Tumble, day 22. And today legit contender enters the mix. I said that this is going to be a very topsy-turvy week. I don't know if these if this show is going to be able to pull off uh, the win today or at least advance to the next round, but I think it's certainly clear that it will be a stronger contender than yesterday's. Uh, not really going out on a limb there. Plus, we have Week 10 poop rankings today, so we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram. At Gordon Damer. So let's go with the NBA offseason because a bunch of trades went down last night. I don't think anything all that groundbreaking, but uh, Milwaukee gets Drew Holiday from New Orleans. They make uh, a trade with uh, the Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, you know, basically trying to show Giannis that they're going to do whatever it takes to get him to stay, whatever it takes to get him to sign his Supermax deal. Uh, I would just say, is this the best? These, these are the moves? This is it? I mean, look, I like Drew Holiday, and uh, I think that that is an improvement, right? Making, making something happen. Does that take it the Bucks to the next level? Eh, probably not. Probably not. But uh, the Suns got Chris Paul, so at least uh, that one target that had been mentioned for the Knicks, that's off the table now. But really, all eyes and all ears, in the radio sense, are on what the Rockets are going to do, right? The Houston Rockets, they have Russell Westbrook, who it certainly looks like they're going to move. And then there's the questions about James Harden. Will they trade Harden? Will he be going to the Nets? Adrian Wojnarowski was on SportsCenter last night, reported that Harden turned down a deal. Listen to this. That Houston was willing to make him the first player in league history to make $50 million dollars a season it would have been a two-year extension on top of i think the three years he already has it would have been two years 103 million dollars he turns that down he apparently wants to go to brooklyn he's been talking with durant he's been talking with Kyrie, and brooklyn is the only place he wants to go and there was actually a report in the houston chronicle that harden listen to this harden has indicated he has no interest in going anywhere besides brooklyn and believes the Rockets should make the best deal with the Nets that they can, even if they do not consider it satisfactory. That, I mean, does that take some... Well, whatever you have to do, I'm leaving. Yes, I have three years left on my contract, but I am going now. I feel like the window of opportunity is closed here, so it's time for me to open a new window of opportunity someplace else. How dare you hold me and think that I'm going to stay here now that the the window of opportunity has closed? Well, the window of opportunity closed a lot of times in the playoffs. Didn't have any problem staying there then. Um, Look, I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that the Rockets will end up trading Harden and probably to the Nets because NBA teams, I, I just go on previous stuff, right? Past history. NBA teams, more often than not, 
give in to the players. It's a star-driven league, and there's this feeling, I think, within the league that it, you know, other stars are not going to be willing to go to your team if they see that you don't treat stars in a certain way. I mean, the Rockets have done everything they can season after season to keep Harden happy. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, he's telling them in no, so, no such terms that, you know, make any deal, even if you don't consider it satisfactory. Who's running the Houston Rockets? Is it Bill O'Brien? Did he go, to the, did he go from the Texans to the Rockets? Because it certainly seems that way. The crazy thing is that they'll probably end up doing it, right? Even though the guy still has three years left, I guess maybe they still have some leverage, and maybe they figure, you know, even if James Harden is going to make it difficult on them, that they would be better served rather than making some deal with the Nets where, you know, they're not going to really get, you know, this idea that they're going to trade him. And there's been reports out there they're only willing to trade him for either Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not going to happen. The reason he's going there is to be with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So you're not going to get Kevin Durant back. That's silly. Uh, So maybe, you know, the Rockets think, you know what, we'll bide our time, get a little closer to the season, maybe get into the season. And if you trade him now, well, then your options are closed. If you keep him, even though it might be difficult, you – Keep the lines of communication open with other teams. Maybe the Sixers become a a possibility. Maybe Boston. You know, if you wait, how much more are you really hurting yourself? Uh, I think it's a question for the Rockets what to do. For the Nets, I don't really think that it's much of a question. If you are Brooklyn, and I know that there are some questions about the fit, right? Because there's three guys who need the ball and all these type of things. You only got one ball. But if you're Brooklyn, you have a two-year window, right? And what are you really giving up? Because after that two years, I guess it's going to kind of depend on the two years, right? If Kevin Durant and Kyrie and then James Harden, they end up winning a title, maybe they'll keep it together longer than that. But if they don't win in the next, either this year or next year, they're probably going to go someplace else or do something else. I don't think you can plan for anything beyond those two years. I think when you turn your organization over, it's a star-driven league, right? And when you get stars like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, as I've said a thousand times, you have to kind of turn over the power of the organization to them. It's an agreement you made, whether in words or in actions, that you made before they came there. So you're all in for this year and next. And I really don't think it's all that risky for Brooklyn because it would be one thing if you were giving up some unbelievable talent or unbelievable uh, draft picks for, for years and years and years. I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm sure you'll have to give up some players, right? Lavert or, or Jared Allen or, or Spencer Dinwiddie and some picks. But at the end of the day, the NBA is a talent league. James Harden's one of the, you know, five to ten best players in the league. And if you have a chance to get him, you got to go out and get him. And it would be one thing if this were being forced on the players, it's not being forced on the players. The players are asking for it. The reason why this is coming about is because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are pushing for it to happen. It's happening because James Harden is pushing for it to happen. So I get that there are some questions and whether or not it can be successful and win a title. Well, of course that's up in the air, right? James Harden's never won a title. These three guys playing together have never, you know, it's a very weird mix. But there is a feeling within the NBA, just get the talent and they'll kind of figure it out as they go. 
And, uh, you know, it's the type of thing where with that kind of talent, even without James Harden, the Nets are going to be a lock to make the playoffs, assuming that Kevin Durant comes back anything close to Kevin Durant, and assuming that Kyrie Irving can stay healthy for any length of period of time, which I guess is not a given, right? If you would have to go down the list of questions, that might be pretty high up on the list. But I don't think that this deal is all that risky for the Nets because they're already in. They're already all in on this year and next year. So if for some reason they go out and give up, uh, you know, give up some prospects and give up some players and give up some draft picks, in two years, if it has not worked, they're going to be back at ground zero anyway. So why not swing for the fences, go get James Harden. These guys, they want, they want to be together, and it's your best chance to maybe put together a big three that can win a title. I think it's a bit of a weird mix, but hey, look, <laughs> it's a talent-driven league, and you, gotta ha- you, you kind of have to hope that these guys together can figure it out. Now, are they some weird personalities? Yeah. Could they, do their games fit together and mesh together perfectly? No. But they are super talented, and you'd have to say it's probably the most talented team in the league if you get those three guys together. Now, you might not have much else, but you might not need much else, uh, at least you know, to kind of get through the regular season and get into the playoffs, and then you have that three-headed monster if all, all three guys are healthy and all three guys are, are in the right direction. I don't think that it's that risky for Brooklyn. I think it's risky for Houston because making whatever deal – you, you, you only can make it once, right? And, and whether or not it works out for you and allows you to kind of rebuild, you're blowing everything up, right? The window of opportunity for the Rockets is closed. It was closed when they moved on from, from Mike D'Antoni. It, it was closed when, you know, Daryl Morey leaves. So I think that their window of opportunity is closed, so now they have to figure out the path to the next, you know, contending team they can build. And that's very, very difficult to do when you only have – you know, two guys that you're going to be able to move here from now on in, in Russell Westbrook and, um, and, um, and James Harden. But for the Nets, I don't think it's all that risky at all. I think you've already kind of taken the risk by landing the superstars, turning your organization over to them, and moving on and, and, and seeing how it, it shakes out, right? Can Kevin Durant stay healthy? Can Kyrie Irving stay healthy? And now bringing in James Harden. Uh, I think that talent plays in the NBA, so if you can add some talent at the level of James Harden, you have to go absolutely and go and do it. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The Nets deal, to me, not that risky. You know what is risky and how I care about it? How it impacts the Knicks, because if the Nets do land James Harden, Nick fans, you should be worried. Be afraid. Be very afraid of what your organization is going to do. So yesterday I kind of mentioned this uh, Mark uh, Berman article in the New York Post. If this is anything close to the way the Knicks actually think, you might they might already be doomed. They might already be doomed. So we'll get into that coming up. We've got Regal Tumble coming up. We've got your phone calls coming up. Lots of stuff to do on this Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. So much going on. We kind of touched on the uh, the Nets and uh, James Harden. Not done yet, but it certainly seems like things are trending in that direction, mainly because James Harden has decreed on a scroll that, uh, that my time here is done. My time. You should make whatever deal you have to with Brooklyn because I have decreed that it is my time to move on. My window of opportunity is closed here, and how dare you expect me to go and play an NBA season without that window of opportunity? I only have a short while to uh, 
be able to win my title. So now I must go to Brooklyn to do that. And I think for Brooklyn, I think it makes all the sense in the world. You are all in on this year and next. That's the kind of move you make, especially in a talent-driven league. And uh, it makes sense for them. I don't think it's all that risky outside of the risk that they've already kind of taken by turning over the organization to stars like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And the risk there is, you know, the, the injury to Durant and uh, the health concerns with Kyrie if, if he can stay healthy and the personality mix. But it would be one thing, again, if the organization were forcing this move on the players, it's the players saying and demanding that they want this deal done. So I don't really think that it's all that uh, risky for the Nets. Now, what it is risky for is for the Knicks. Because the Knicks, if it does turn out that Harden goes to Brooklyn and the Nets are this now premier destination and they're one of the, uh, I think they're already kind of one of the, the big marquee teams in the league, but if they get Harden, it goes to another level. Will the Knicks do something dumb? Will the Knicks go out and trade for Russell Westbrook? And why will they do that? Because you, you, you've heard these terms a thousand times. Well, you got to stay relevant, right? You got to make a move. You got to keep up with the, the other team in town. You got to make a splash. So yesterday, I wanted to get to it. Didn't get a chance because we had just so much other stuff going on. But there was this article by Mark Berman about the direction of the Knicks and what the mindset is for the team. Because we don't know, right? Leon Rose took over March 1st, March 2nd, and the league gets shut down a couple of weeks later, and nothing's really happened, and the Knicks haven't done anything yet. But what's the direction they're going to go this offseason? Well, the article starts out with talking about the draft. It states, no rookie class has ever gone into an NBA season less seasoned for the next level. With no summer league or pre-camp voluntary workouts, the Knicks know there will not be a point guard in Wednesday's draft who will step in as raw in as a raw rookie and solve the Knicks' woes at that position. Well, might as well not even pick anybody then, right? I mean, it's, it's an impossible situation. They didn't have the pre-camp voluntary workouts of the summer league, and there's not going to be somebody with the eighth pick in the draft who's going to walk in right away and be the Knicks point guard right now and, and in the future. Oh, geez, well, may, may, might as well not even just forfeit the pick. Why not? But the article goes on. In the new NBA, in which scoring point guards are in vogue, the Knicks don't view Frank Nilakina as their starting point guard of the future, though they do see him as a valuable piece of the puzzle. Yeah, in the new NBA, the old NBA, future NBA, bizarro NBA, old-timey NBA, yes, Frank Nilakina is probably not going to be the answer. So they go on and they run through the other options the Knicks could get to in the free agency uh, or through trade to uh, solve their point guard issues. Fred Van Fleet might not be worth the money, might be happier staying in Toronto, George Teague, DJ Augustine. So then the article says, well, by that measure, Russell Westbrook almost seems worth what he's going to make the next three seasons. 41, 44, and 47 million despite turning 32. It might cost the Knicks a chance of signing a big money free agent in 2021 or 2022, but it allows the Knicks to establish credibility and speed up the rebuild. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so many problems that I have with those two sentences. A, no, he's not almost worth it. No, 
the fact that he is 32 and going to be making $137 million, that you have decided to clear out cap space and go with this rebuild and then go all in on Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's so, it's so cliched even for the Knicks. Well, sure, it might hamstring them down the road, but let's do it now, right? That's, that's future me's problem. That's future Knicks' problem. The future Knicks is the exact same as current Knicks, but if you successfully lie to yourself, it makes some sense. No, it does not. What are you talking about? It allows them to establish credibility with who? With who? I would say it proves that they have no credibility. I would say it proves that they are, they're just the same guys running the organization with just different names. This is the move they've always made. Speed up the rebuild. You just started the rebuild. These guys just got here. Leon Rose just got here. Tibbs just got here. Speed up the rebuild. Oh, my God. Go all in on Russell Westbrook. Well, Gordon, they've been rebuilding for 20 years. I hear this a lot, that the Knicks have been rebuilding for 20 years. If you are someone who believes the Knicks have been rebuilding for 20 years, you're a moron. What they are about to do is what they have been doing for 20 years. And that is, we got to stay relevant. We got to establish credibility. We got to make a splash. Trading for Marbury, trading for Mello when they could have just signed him after the season. Trading for uh, McDice, trading for Eddie Curry. Pinning your hopes on free agents who are not coming here, who are never coming here. The Knicks have been rebuilding since they traded KP. And this group, again, just got here. Just got here. So, no, they've not been rebuilding for 20 years. If the, back to the article. If the Knicks do make a Westbrook deal, it's probably with intel from senior VP William Wesley that Giannis is not signing with the Knicks in 2021. Holy crap. Do you need intel from William Worldwide West that Giannis is not coming to the Knicks? Newsflash. Giannis is not coming to the Knicks. He's not signing with you. Jesus, how stupid are you? Right. You actually have to put something in. And believe it or not, going getting Russell Westbrook was not going to help you in that case either. I mean, how clear do you have to make it? It's as clear as the nose on your face. Back to the article. I think a guy with Russ's motor will still be great for at least three years, said Brian O'Ringer, former scout for Washington and Atlanta, who now runs a YouTube channel. I don't think you're attracting any free agents, honestly, with the overall stench of everything Knicks of late. Without a Russ move, I think they'll be awful again this year, and Tibbs doesn't want to coach a garbage team. Russ instantly makes you at least a playoff contender, possibly more, depending on who comes and plays with him. How in the hell? All right, look, if you tell me you go get Russell Westbrook, you can make the 7 or 8 seed, what's more than a playoff contender? A playoff team, I guess, right? All right, maybe, maybe you're a playoff team. That's your goal. To just simply, you've cashed in the chips. You've given up. You've proven, even though these people have just gotten here, 
that you can't possibly shoot for anything more than just simply making the playoffs in a league where half the teams make the playoffs. That's your goal. That is your, that's what you are looking at as your goal. Oh, my God. Holy crap. These people walk among us. If this is even a little bit true, I would say to Nick fans, find a way to uh, wipe your brain clean. Like Men in Black, right, where you stare at the little pen, the pen thing, or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. I know it's not easy, but it would be easier than that than having the Knicks ever having any success. And I will say this. If this article is even remotely true, and this is even remotely how the Knicks are thinking, hiring Tibbs was a mistake, hiring Leon Rose was a mistake, you're never winning. You're never winning. If you're comparing or making decisions based on what the Nets are doing, you are screwed. You are not the Nets. You know what you are? You're the Nets from four years ago. You're actually in a little bit better position. The Knicks are in bit better position than the Nets were four years ago. Four years ago, the Nets won 21 games, had no picks, and their best player was Brooke Lopez. Did they go for a quick fix? Did they try and, hey, let's go get this big name so we can stay relevant? No, they actually tried drafting and developing players. I thought part of the, the bringing in Tibbs was having a credible coach who could maximize the talents that you have. The Knicks have a ton of draft picks, all this cap space, and two, you'd have to say, promising, unpolished players in uh, R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And yet you're going to bring in Russell Westbrook. Enjoy never winning. Enjoy never If that's your mindset, hey, let's just get so that we're not garbage. That's, the, that's what you're essentially saying. Let's just not be garbage. I would rather be garbage. I'd rather be garbage. Be garbage this year. See what you have. If you have anything on the roster whatsoever, you'll get another pick next year. Uh, it's a good draft next year. You have the pick this year. R.J. Barrett, I would rather go that way rather than doing the same things over and over and over again. You know, usually when somebody tries a get-rich-quick scheme and it fails, at least they don't go back and do the exact, right? You, well, you know what? I lost all this money in, uh, in, in penny stocks. You know what? Once I get a few more dollars, I'm going to go back and buy a bunch of penny stocks. Usually you go and make fresh mistakes. The Knicks, for some reason, they just keep making the same ones over and over and over again. Oh, my God. It's, 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 I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And if this, if this is anywhere close to the way the Knicks are thinking, what you're saying is that these guys that have just come here, they're the same as all the other guys. It's the same mindset over and over and over again. Well, let's just not be garbage. We got Russell Westbrook. At least we can watch him. He'll be exciting. Well, we'll still largely stink. We're not going to win anything ever. We're never going to contend ever. We'll go to the playoffs and lose in the first round any time that we make it. But at least we won't be garbage. All right, let's get some calls at 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar, my friend, what's going on? How are you? Good morning. Uh, did you see the Bills game Sunday? Well, I saw it. It was uh, what listen, what, what it's a great, great, great play. Yes. I saw it again and again and again and again. And that's why you... Uh, Don't worry, you you'll be seeing sports. it for another 10 years. It was such a great play. That's why you watch sports. That's why you say... Uh, the guy... The, uh, when he was throwing the ball, the Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, like, uh, linebacker was almost uh, got him. Yeah, and uh, almost got him. And then the 
three defenders almost got him, but it doesn't happen. You cannot even set up a play. You try practice again and again and again, and this doesn't happen. So that's why it's called a miracle. And if you lose, uh, I, I, uh, 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 let me tell you, if you lose on a miracle play, I'll take my team every day, every night, that somebody has to make a miraculous play to win the game against me and my team. So I will have no, no backwards. I will try to make it better next time around, that how to defend it, uh, uh, that how to rush it, how uh, to jam the player, how to defensively do it. But uh, that was one of the de-miraculous plays. And you cannot even plan that play. If you try to practice it again and again, the way that that, uh, play happened, so I have no sour feelings. I said, oh, if we could have been 8-2 and two, and then uh, all of the people now, it, it's a dogfight. So now I, I call you because your Miami Dolphins is 6-3 and three, and you are pumped up like the Giants fans are pumped up, no? Right? Well, no, the Giants are 3-7 and seven <laughs> playing in the worst yeah, division in football. They, they are one game behind the, uh, their division and you are one game behind our division. Yeah, well, there's your a little division. difference That's between being 6-3 and three okay, and the arrow no. pointing upwards, chasing down those Buffalo Bills who just can't get out of their own and way. And their arrow is up, uh, the going upwards, too. And the Giants beat Philly and Washington. I mean, okay, we're, we beat, we beat the Arizona Cardinals. We went into Arizona and took them down. This Kyler Murray MVP. I didn't hear any talk about Kyler Murray for MVP the week before when the Dolphins went in there. Okay, okay. now we come to a, a reasonable. Listen to me. I saw your rant for last. Listen to your rant for last 10 minutes about the Knicks. And uh, the I saw that mm-hmm. report. I saw mm-hmm. that article, everything. Hey, first thing first, James Harden going to Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the the deal with the Westbrook was happening like was on cards before James Harden to Brooklyn Nets came into tuition. All right, right but so they, they haven't were done trying it to get once huh? James the, Harden, if James Harden gets to Brooklyn, book it. The Knicks will make that stupid Russell. Oh, no, 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 no. It will not happen because of James Harden. First, let me clear you that the Knicks have already said no to Russell Westbrook trade, and they have said we are ready to do it if they no. No first-round pick is involved. That's what the well, that's players had Knicks no, had to, to for offer. no player. They were asking for Kevin Knox. Knicks have denied Kevin Knox. They're not giving Kevin Knox and not giving any first-round picks. If okay. Houston wants to do it, then they can do it without any first-round picks. No, but so see, you're the not problem is it's not future. just what you so give you're not up. Putting it's the fact online. that then he's going to be on the team and then you're going to have these young players, like I'd like to think that R.J. Barrett could be something. He's going to be uh-huh. sit, standing around watching Russell Westbrook just dominate the ball and, 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 and chuck up shots every single night. That, that's where the uh, head coach that has an experience who has, who has built up players like Derrick Rose from a top pick draft to the race to the level of MVP. He has raised. He has raised Noah. He has raised Gibson the young players, and brought them up. He has experience of doing it. The only year came with Carl Anthony Town and the Minnesota went to the playoff with Thibodeau. So he has an experience of raising the talent of the young players, how to grow up and how to make them a better player. Okay. So, and now well, look, tell me that, that. If that's what the Knicks end up doing, I'll be happy. One more thing. If they go out and they get what Russell Westbrook, that's stupid. Okay, go ahead. No, okay. That's what you think. We're right? down by six that, a, a lot so of people you know. are... One more thing. With bringing Drew Holiday, yeah. uh, Drew Holiday yeah. from Pelicans and giving three first-round picks to a 31 years old 
point guard. Yes, but they're, they, they have to do something because they want to keep Giannis there and to get him to sign his long-term deal. The Knicks are not the Bucks. What? If, for example, Drew Holiday couldn't raise the level of Zion Williamson I think we're losing Omar. Omar, I think, look, I love you. You are a gift. You're wonderful, but I think we, I think we're losing the point here. Uh, no, the Knicks should not be going out and getting Russell Westbrook. The Knicks are just beginning. They're just starting. They're starting over. And this plan, if it, if it's the plan that it was sold to you as we're going to have these picks, we're going to have cap space, and there's plenty of deals out there for the Knicks to make with all this cap space that are smart deals. I'm not saying don't do anything. You can bring in a big contract. If it's bringing you back an asset, but you're just starting. You're not the Bucks. You're not where the Nets are. You're at ground zero. You've just cleared out all the shrapnel and are starting over again, trying to build something. You're not rebuilding. You are just building, right? I mean, to rebuild means that you've already done it once. The Knicks haven't done it in 20 years. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. We'll go out to, is it Alan Holbrook? Al, go, my man. Hello? Hey, Al, what's going on? Yeah, it's Spike. Oh, Spike. That's okay. Uh, that's a very that's weird right. way to spell Spike. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you don't know how to spell Spike? A-L. Yes. Listen, um, here's the problem, and uh, I, we've talked about this for years since you took over. For years. The Knicks have hot garbage for a roster. They've made their first move. They changed the... Uh, rotation of uh, the front office. We'll agree to that. And they, we think they got some pretty good people. We, we know the people. They have their histories good. To get Westbrook, you know, I, if it's a reactionary move, like you said, to KD and Cardin uh, going there, just turning it into a three-ring circus, and hopefully uh, people are allowed in the building in Brooklyn, you don't make a retaliatory move like that. No, That's a loser. That's a chaser. You don't chase. When you're losing, you stop. You reset. The Knicks have... Nobody on their roster. They have a couple of nice young, good kids. May develop, may not develop. I don't know what the market is for Mitchell Robinson. R.J. Barrett can't shoot. He's a great kid. He's got a motor like a, an old Ferrari. But he's got to fix his game. How much can you expect from him? He's only in his going second year. But bringing in a guy like that, Russell Westbrook, it reminds me of what Pat Riley did years and years ago. Now, it's a little different scenario. Tim Hardaway Sr. was on that team that played the Knicks all those years. You remember those games. Yep. And he would play four-on-one. I saw Tim, and Tim had a great crossover. Tim could shoot, though. Tim could knock down the open three. Uh, but everyone stood around and watched Tim. I saw it worked pretty good in some cases, but long-term, you don't develop anybody. You just don't. So what you do is, is my friend John and Freehold always says, you build through the draft. You wait, you wait, you wait. I heard Colin briefly last night. I conked out, and, and he said something. What are you going to wait another 35 years? Probably the 20 and 15. You know what? I don't got 35 years. You do. God willing, and we'll wait because taking something like that will be a distraction. And probably, I hope fans are allowed in the building, but you can't do business like that. I've been in business all my life. You don't chase, you reset. I want to hear what you say about that. We got to run to a break here, so thanks for the call. Uh, There are disgruntled superstars in the NBA available all the time. And you have to put yourself in a position to have the assets to be able to go acquire those guys. But you also have to have some semblance of a team that you're bringing that person to. 
You know, the reason why the Nets were in position to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving was they spent their time wisely. They developed some pieces that those guys said, hey, you know, we'll go there and we'll play. And they had the cap space and all these different things. So you have to, you can't just expect to, to, to do nothing, to have this garbage plot of land and say, hey, these guys are going to come and live here. You don't have anything. And the Knicks have to start from ground zero. Unfortunately, that's where they're at. And there's no shortcut to be able to, you know, get past that. You got to start to build something. And I'm hoping that this is a sign, these two, you know, the, the new regime who keeps bringing in all these gurus, talent gurus, scouting gurus. Yeah, we're going to go get Russell Westbrook. That makes a lot of sense. All right, one 919 espn is the phone number coming up. Poop rankings as well as Regal Tumble. We got to get to that for the day. Big stuff, more your calls, lots to do. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Fade in there. Wow, that's nice. Moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. Happy 78th birthday to Martin Scorsese. Of course, obviously, good for all. I mean, just you talk about a rundown on an IMDb page. Who has it better than him? I mean, come on. All the amazing movies over the... Oh, my goodness. Now, I've never forgiven him for ruining that musical bed of Layla which used to always feel to me like uh, it was like a symphony of like going home. There was like this comfort in it. And, of course, uh, he used it in uh, Goodfellas. And well, I mean, completely... people, people were going home. I mean, yeah, they were going, going home. home. <laughs> they were going to the home in the sky. But, yeah, it, it kind of completely changed. And then I also never, uh, com- uh, I never forgave him for uh, the Irishman, making me sit through that tripe. But Taxi Driver, Mean Street, Wolf of Wall Street, Casino, I mean, Color of Money, King of Comedy. I mean, ah, obviously. Martin Scorsese, his 78th birthday. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show, your moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. But we got a lot of stuff to do. Let's get right to the Regal Tumble. It's day number 22. Yesterday, one of the, I mean, you have to say iconic shows of all time, I Love Lucy, joined the fray of the Regal Tumble. The battle to find domination of TV. What is the greatest television show of all time? And Lucy did about as well as a 92-year-old woman could be expected to do. She held her own for a little while, but, you know, she's going up against some real heavyweights that, you know, were able to uh, come along at a little bit more relevant time in terms of our audience. So I Love Lucy was not loved, and uh, it gets thrown over the top rope very, very quickly. But look, you know, people have been asking for some of the older shows. We gave you one, and you didn't like it. So it's on you. But let's get to day number 22, because already we've had these three now that have been kind of running the show here. Is there any way to oust one of the three shows that we know? And the three shows that we know obviously are Sopranos, Seinfeld, and, of course, Friends. Very weird mix there. But today is day number 22. A real contender for me joins the mix today. Let's find out who it is. show you know did not get that many nominations there were some shows that got a lot of nominations Chappelle's show did not get that many and you talk about I Love Lucy being iconic you'd have to say that Chappelle's show sir I mean they only had two full seasons 
And it was an iconic show. All the different skits and all the different characters created in that short, very time, you know, very short time. 96 rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.8 on IMDb. The racial draft, when keeping it real goes wrong. Charlie Murphy's Real Hollywood Stories. I'd say that that would probably be my number one. Uh, but Wayne Brady show, so Chappelle show. We don't have a lot of time to deal with it today, but it's up there. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Your vote will determine who moves on and yeah. can Chappelle show Blouses. show up. Say it again. Give it to me again. Game. Blouses. Yes, game blouses, of course. Prince, oh, I mean, there's so many. And only in two seasons. Think about as much time as they had to curate that much iconic television on uh, Comedy Central, no less. Very, very impressive. All right, so that's the Regal Tumble for today. And you can vote on Twitter at Gordon Damer. But, of course, today is also Tuesday, and today is the day where we get to poop rankings. Oh, the music has already started because we're already late. I blame Brian, even though he doesn't work on the show anymore. All right, so, of course, this is the pros opposite of powerful. Other shows have power rankings. We have poop rankings. Everybody's worried about the best here on this show we focus on the worst. Starting at number five, you saw him last night, you hated him last night, the five and five Chicago Bears. I heard people saying that the Giants are the best three and seven team of all time. Well, that, if that's true, the Bears are the worst five and five team I have ever laid my eyes on. If This is a little known fact. If you attend the Bears game for the rest of the season, you, as a ticket holder, get to visit the blue tent on the sidelines to see if you, in fact, have a head injury. They had six possessions in the second half last night. They got 32 total yards. So I know, for me, I turn off the, the Monday night game at halftime and then watch it the following morning. I should have just turned it off at halftime and not watched the following morning because nothing happened. So there you go. Number five is the five and five Bears, and it kind of makes sense, right? Five and five, they are at number five. Number four. There you go. That's for the Bears. Number four. The NFC East is hot garbage. And all day long, we have all these different shows on TV, on radio, talking heads, coming up with the most pointless, moronic opinions about anything out there just basically to troll people. But yet nobody trolling anybody anywhere has suggested that maybe the Cowboys can win the NFC East. It's too ridiculous. Nobody would be willing, even with what small credibility they may have, are willing to put that credibility on the line. And you know what? It dawned on me yesterday. On Thanksgiving, we're going to have to watch the Cowboys. Oh, for God's sakes. The turkey doesn't make you tired enough. Who are they playing on Thanksgiving? The number three team. Yes, you'll be having some of that after those cranberries. Um, The number three team on the list, the Washington football team. Yes, that's one of the Thanksgiving Day marquee matchups. Dallas versus Washington. I think in Jersey, you should be legally required to have a FanDuel account to watch that. And think about how low Dwayne Haskins' self-esteem has to be right now. It has to be like Animal House, zero point. That guy must feel worthless. I can't play on this team? Washington lost to Detroit. What does Detroit do well? What's the one thing they're known for? Blowing fourth quarter leads, except against Washington. They came close, but they weren't able to. All right, number two. Do we have another sound? There you go. That's for Washington. Now, number two. Well, this is a battle. Jets were off this week. Does that move them off the number one spot? No. Number two goes to the Jaguars. Uh, Shad Khan has been the owner for the Jags for nine years. This will be their eighth losing season in that span. So the Jaguars are an absolute mess. Who came close? They almost, they almost ruined their own tank. 
And they might have already done that by winning week one. They might have screwed up their organization for the next 10 years by winning week one, a meaningless game against the Colts. What a disaster. So, of course, we've been doing it five, six weeks. I don't know how long we've been doing it. However long we've been doing poop rankings, it's still, much like Casey Kasem, still the number one team in the poop rankings is still the New York Jets. It's always the Jets. It will always be the Jets. They don't win. They can't win. They will never win. But at least... For a sixth week in a row, they win the poop rankings. All right, it is the Gordon Damer. Do we have one more sound effect? There you go. Uh, There you go. That's poop rankings on the Gordon Damer Show. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. We'll recap everything. James Harden, the Nets, the Knicks being dumb, the Regal Tumble, Chappelle Show, all of it. Coming up next. Hey, the Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today at 3 p.m. because that's what time their show's on. Be listening for your chance to add 20 great prizes over 20 days to make your home life a little more enjoyable. For today, the guys are giving away a Yeti backpack cooler. It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richard & Son, Kansas City Steak, The Bardachine, Premium Cocktails On Demand, and 98.7 ESPN. Now, the K. Show has their 20 and 20 contest. We have day 22 of the Regal Tumble. Whose is better? That's up to you to decide. But there's one winner of the 20 for 20. Everybody's a winner when you vote on the Regal Tumble. And today's entry into the Regal Tumble, looking to throw shows over the top rope, is Chappelle Show. And I will say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Today, no show is safe. No show is safe today, people. We might get a double. I'm looking at the early returns. There could possibly be a double elimination. I'll just put that out there. So you better go out. And you better vote. All right, let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Topics today, we've touched on Harden to the Nets. I don't think it's all that risky for Brooklyn. The Knicks, I'm um, worried about what disastrous move they might pull as a response to that. But let's get some calls in. Let's go to uh, Al's in Holbrook. Al, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. Um, what's up? Love you to death, man. But I have Thank to emphatically disagree with you. And I feel like what the Knicks always do or try to do when they try to rebuild, they try to draft a good piece, a la KP. But when you win in 16 games a season, man, it kills players' morale. No one wants to come. Next thing you know, when this guy's contract is up, before you could totally rebuild, that guy is leaving. But, 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 but Al, they have never tried to really rebuild. I mean, once they got KP, that was over quickly because he wanted out of there. And they had to kind of go back and start over. And look, the trade for him was a disaster. But this is the spot you're in. You can't attract any free agents if you have nothing else here. You have to build something. And you've got a couple of pieces. Take this year. It's the first year for a new head coach. It's the first full year, really, for, for R.J. Barrett. He didn't even get a full year last year. You got another pick this year, tomorrow night. Bring them in. And if you stink, well, then you have one more draft where you get a chance to grab a superstar. And then you know where you are to all of a sudden have all these all this flexibility and to give up a lot of it, if not all of it, for Russell Westbrook makes no sense. No sense. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go to Oswald in Jersey. Oswald, go, my man. How you doing? Um, I'm going to say that uh, I'm a big Dolphin fan, and I give them 80% chance of going to the Super Bowl and winning it. The only reason why? This three year? Out of the four ma- yes. Oh. Three out of the four major sports in America, Florida and California, is the only two teams that's going to the uh, chip. And uh, I give a greater chance uh, the Dolphins winning this year than any other year. All right, well, look, Oswald, from your lips to God's ear, uh, I, I think people are getting a little carried away on the Tua stuff. Tua's been solid. He has been um, poised. He's not been great. I mean, he's had a couple of great plays here or there. 
But hey, man, I don't ever want to go back to the Super Bowl until we're ready to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know necessarily that it's this year, but look, if we get to the Super Bowl, I'll take it. I'll take it. Steve is in Chappaqua. Steve, what's going on, my man? Gordon, I agree with you 95% of the time, but I disagree with you on Westbrook. Oh, my gosh. A couple of years ago, for the first time since Oscar Robertson, he averaged a triple-double for the season, meaning he's dishing assists in the double-digit uh, number every right. game. What, what, what do you he, think? He All right, but that's the, not the, the team that he'll be moving up. to. What, what do you think happens when he passes off and, and, and you know, the Knicks roster is not as good as as the Oklahoma City roster, what do you think happens, or even the Rockets roster that he played with this year, what do you think happens when he makes those passes after a while and guys aren't hitting those shots? Well, I, I think he's going to try and get people involved. I think the mindset that he's just the Russell, Russell Westbrook scorer, uh, like a, a mellow, I think that's wrong. I think he does try to get the other guys involved. Well, look, if, if he were 27... Uh, and uh, was before his big contract, and you could have gotten him somehow and not had to, to give up, uh, you know, the Knicks don't have a whole lot on their roster, but didn't have to, like, completely mortgage the future to get the guy, I'd say, okay, fine. But he's 32. He's making, I mean, it's like the Robinson Cano contract. You know that you are going to have that contract on your books for the next couple of years. You're not going to be able to move it anywhere else. And I don't know whether or not the Rockets are going to be able to move it all that well, Considering, I mean, who's lining up? Unless you're like a win-now team that feels like Russell Westbrook. And I don't know that there's that many teams that think that he's the guy that's going to push them over the top. I don't know where they're shipping him to. So I would, if it were the Knicks, that's not the kind of move that I want. You have all this cap space. You can make deals. But you have to be realistic about where you are in the process. And you're nowhere close right now. Quickly, uh, Charles is in Inwood. Charles, go, my man. How you doing? First time. Love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, Harden to the Nets would make me. Nets would be my favorite team in New York, and Knicks would be my second. Oh, then, you know what, Charles? And you're fra- you're a Knicks fan, and you would switch allegiances to the Nets. Okay, you know what? Actually, so I was being facetious. Okay. I've been a Knicks fan since '92. First game they they beat the Jazz at the Garden by last second tip um, tipping. Okay, but the Nets would be like maybe a couple smidgens, like a couple. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry, Charles. I have to cut you off. No, uh, you're a fraud. Yeah. You're a fraud. No, I mean you can't do that. You, you don't. You don't get to pick and choose. You get to pick and choose everything you want in life. You don't get to pick and choose your sports teams. But and, and certainly not once you've already made a selection. It's like taking your your, your finger, sticking it in your mouth, putting it on the donut, and then saying, you know, what? I don't want that donut. I want another donut. No, you picked your donut. You eat your donut. You like your donut. Too bad. You made your choice. You know what happened when you picked the Knicks? You messed up. You messed up. You messed up by picking them because they stink. But you don't get to go and say, well, you know what? I want to do something else. It's the, you don't get that choice. Sorry. So I think it would be great for the Nets to get hardened because I think it would make a team that everybody could kind of collectively hate and bring everyone together in collectively hating things. That would be awesome. We'll see if it happens. I just don't want it. Unfortunately, the team that I end up hating more than any other is the Knicks, and that's the team that I'm rooting for to do quite well. We're done for today. The podcast will be up in a little while. Poop rankings, uh, Chappelle show, and Regal Tumble. Please vote on the, uh, the Regal Tumble Day 22. It's up on Twitter. And we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.